The following program is available on GodTube, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and at livingwithvictory.podbean.com. It's time for Living with Victory, a program of hope and encouragement brought to you by Living with Victory Ministries and listeners like you. In a moment, we'll join your hosts, Laureen and Tony Giorgio, for today's message of perseverance and hope. So if life has left you kicking up dust, keep listening, keep looking up and grab your umbrella, get ready to sing in the This is a tribute to the people that lost their lives that day in New York City, September 11th, 2001. We who are from New York, the feelings that we had when we saw our home being torn apart and our loved ones because we had people who were working in those Twin Towers that day, and we, not being able to get in touch with them, didn't know if they were dead or alive. The families that now have to live with those who lost their lives that day, our hearts do go out to them, and we just want to remember and never, never, ever forget what happened that day. America is to be free And people are trying to take their freedom from us. And we can't let that happen. Now we're hearing of cases of cancer and all other kinds of horrible diseases that people who were the first there to help clean up and stayed for however long it took to clean up are coming down with cancers. The horror still goes on. The killing still goes on. It's not over 15 years later. I just hope that everyone will say a prayer for those families and to keep them in your minds. You know, sometimes we feel because we weren't there or that we lived there that it wasn't part of us. But when one part of your body hurts, the whole body should hurt. We should stand by our fellow man and love on them and pray for them. Many, many people throughout the United States, as well as overseas, were in that building on that day and lost someone. And it's very important that we don't let our government bow down to any enemy of our land at all, that we stand fast as strong and patriotic and especially as a nation under God, no matter who, what, or when they think they're going to take that away. The enemy is still out there and as vicious as ever can be against us. They're killing Christians. They're killing innocent people on our streets every day somewhere. It's become a battle between good and evil, but good will always win out. So never have the fear. 
because God is with us and Jesus is real, no matter who tells you that it's an insult to praise him in public. Believe me, it is the time to stand up and be public about it. Take sides because it's coming. This government cannot be for the people and by the people the way it's been operating. And we need to assert ourselves as Christians and as believers in Christ. I just hope that you enjoy the Collingsworth family playing the tribute to America.
Today, I want to give you a feel of what it was all about on that day and how we felt with family and friends over there. I'm going to read a lot of different articles here pertaining to that day, and it's important that we never, ever forget, and I don't think we ever will, but we also have to remember that God is our Savior. Before I start out, let me read this scripture so you understand. And it's in Joshua. It's chapter 1, and it's verse 9. It says, Have I not commanded you? Be strong of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. What I'm about to read to you is from USA Today, which was printed in the edition of December 20th, 2001, by Dennis Cochone. It says, For many on September 11th, survival was no accident. It says, New York, George Slay, a British-born naval architect, was on the phone in his 91st floor office when he heard the roar of jet engines. Looking out his window, he had time to think just three things. The wheels are up, the underbelly is white, and man, that guy is low. An American Airlines Boeing 767 was hurling toward him at 500 miles per hour, loaded with 92 people and 15,000 gallons of jet fuel. The jet exploded into the 93rd through 98th floors of the World Trade Center's North Tower with a force equal to 480,000 pounds of TNT. It was 8.46 a.m. on September 11th. The walls, the ceiling, the bookshelves crumbled. Slay 63, manager of technical consistencies at the American Bureau of Shipping, crawled from the rubble. He looked up at the exposed steel beams and the concrete underside of the 92nd floor. He didn't know it at the time, but that concrete floor was the bottom of a tomb for more than 1,300 people. Nobody survived on the floors above him, but on his floor and below, an amazing story. Nearly everyone survived. The line between life and death that morning was as straight as a steel beam. Everyone on the 92nd floor died. Everyone on the 91st floor lived. When the second jet hit the South Tower 16 and a half minutes later, the pattern was virtually the same. In each tower, 99% of the occupants below the crash survived. At the impact area and above, survival was limited to just a handful of people in the South Tower who made an amazing escape. 479 rescue workers died, making the evacuation a success. The sacrifice of New York firefighters and police is well known, but 113 others, from low-paid security guards to white-collar workers at the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey, the building owner, stood their ground with firefighters and cops. And this is the accounting 
from the USA Today. And from my perspective, that that morning I'm I'm watching President Bush was on. I'm in Florida, and he's visiting school children. And somebody comes in and whispers in his ear. And in the corner, I see this picture of two buildings, the towers. I see this plane coming around and slamming into this building. And smoke and fire erupts. And I turn to my wife and I said, why in the world are they putting a movie up when the president is speaking? Not realizing. This was reality. This, This wasn't a mistake. Somebody comes in and whispers in his ear, and I see the shock look in his face, in his eyes. And I knew, oh my Lord, this was real. Immediately, my wife and I just couldn't realize what had just happened. But we knew we had friends, family in there. The panic between us. We immediately prayed for the safety of all those people and our loved ones. And we started calling. People were scrambling. And what I came to realize is that it touched almost every single person in New York. I heard from my best friend. His son-in-law was out there. He was a cop at the World Trade Center. And they were going crazy looking for him. But his neighbor, my friend's neighbor, wasn't so lucky. He lost his son. And anybody that we talked to, my wife's cousin, she worked there in the towers. That day, she wasn't feeling good. She didn't go in. But this here story that I'm about to tell you is about an angel at Ground Zero, and it came out of the guidepost, and it's called Angel at Ground Zero. It's by the survivor. She was the last to be pulled from the rubble, and it's by Janelle Guzman McMillan of Valley Stream, New York. And she says, Today I still work for the Port Authority as I did when I clocked in at the World Trade Center at 8.05. That Tuesday morning, 10 years ago. But now, on September 11th, I try to take the day off. I want to be in a quiet, peaceful place, praying. It is a day I both mourn and celebrate. Sometimes I wonder that what would have happened if I had left the 60th floor of the North Tower earlier and escaped unharmed? What if I hadn't been buried in debris? The ground falling out beneath me at the 13th floor as I was racing to get out. What if I hadn't been stuck under rubble for 27 hours before rescuers finally found me? I would have been grateful, but I wouldn't have looked any deeper at my life. I would have chalked my survival up to quick thinking or quick moving or plain good luck. I ended up doing what my mom would have done. I prayed. It was more like pleading, screaming, promising, asking for some sort of miracle until I pushed my hand through a few inches of rubble above my head and felt someone's warm hand close around mine. Then I heard a male voice say, the four sweetest words I have ever heard. I've got you, Janelle. I clung as much to his reassuring voice as to his strong hand. My name is Paul. They're here, Paul said. 
You're in good hands now. I'm going to go and let them do their jobs and get you out. I never felt him release me. But soon I was holding someone else's hand of firefighters and talking to my rescuers as they painstakingly removed twisted steel and chunks of concrete from around me and lifted me out. Hundreds of helpers handed me down the pile of rubble to an ambulance. I heard them cheering, and I kept saying Paul's name to myself so I wouldn't forget. I wanted to make sure I thanked him. There were three things I promised God as soon as I got out of the hospital. Get baptized, marry my boyfriend Roger, and find Paul. On November 7th, after six weeks in the hospital, four surgeries and hours of physical therapy and rehabilitation, I kept the first two promises. Roger and I got married, and that very morning and I was baptized that evening at Brooklyn Tabernacle but Paul I never found him Paul's identity remained a mystery somehow Paul had known my name before I even said a word I talked to friends about it I called my pastor and asked him who spoke about another Paul the one in the Bible Janelle my pastor said Paul did not exist in the flesh. You are asking for a miracle. And maybe God sent you his angel. (sighs) We don't understand. We are God's children. We are God-blessed. Because that is America. It's not the politicians. And it's not going to be anything but Jesus Christ over this country. And in closing, I want to say God bless America. And till next week, you keep on dancing in that rain because Jesus is your umbrella. You've seen it through this tragedy. God is there. This is Tony Giorgio. You, you have a blessed day. Help Lorraine and Tony in their ministry by becoming a Living with Victory partner. You can make a donation of any amount through PayPal at livingwithvictory.org or send your check to Living with Victory, P.O. Box 1982, Maggie Valley, North Carolina, 28751. That's Living with Victory, P.O. Box 1982, Maggie Valley, North Carolina, 28751. And remember, you can make a donation or purchase gas cards for Living with Victory's Fuel for Life program at Teague's Superette at 130 Soco Road in Maggie Valley. You've been listening to Living with Victory with Lorraine and Tony Giorgio, who for over 30 years have advocated for seriously ill children through Compassion Children's Foundation, today known as Living with Victory Ministries. Support for this radio ministry and our outreach programs comes from listeners like you. Many families that have children that need daily treatments for their illnesses are extremely challenged due to the cost of simply getting to the treatment facilities. Our Fuel for Life outreach supplies gas cards to families at four children's hospitals. You can support our outreach programs by sending your tax-deductible donations to Living with Victory, P.O. Box 1982, Maggie Valley, North Carolina, 28751. If you'd like to become a sponsor of this radio ministry, we'd love to hear from you as well. Thanks for listening. So if life has left you kicking up dust, keep listening, keep looking up and grab your umbrella, get ready to sing in the Get ready, get ready, God is
The preceding program is available on GodTube, YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, and at livingwithvictory.podbean.com.